I want you to take your Bible and turn to the book of Genesis. We just love to go from Genesis to Revolution. In the Old Testament, you've heard me make this statement, but I'm going to make it again. And that is, in the Old Testament, we have the Lord, Jehovah, God the Father. And any time He reveals Himself, it's always a theophanies, when He takes upon a human form as an angel or a man, and He's revealed in the Old Testament. We spoke a little bit about that last week. But in the Old Testament, you have the Lord revealing Himself as a man. Then when you go to the New Testament, we have the story where Jesus Christ was born into this world in the city of Bethlehem. And it says, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And so uh, Jesus Christ was born into the world. And then he spent his ministry promoting the idea that he was God. So in the Old Testament, God revealing as a man, and in the New Testament, a man revealing himself as God. And so there's no confusion, there's no contradiction, and as you study the Old Testament, you'll see it, and you study the New Testament, you'll see it, and you'll find out that, lo and behold, they're the same one. They're the same one. Jesus is God. And so if you take your Bible and turn to the book of Genesis in chapter 1. I want you to look there in Genesis chapter 1. Verse 26. Verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image. The question always is, who is he talking to? Let us make man in our image. So God maybe has an image. And man is made in the image of God. Now, we often say that there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father, well, that's your soul. That's you. The Son, well, that's uh, the physical part of us because Jesus took upon flesh. And a man got a spirit, so he's like the type of the Holy Spirit. So a man is kind of like a trinity like that. And, and then that could be true. But there's also a possibility, uh, maybe slim, but maybe God has some resemblance to the appearance of a man. Though God is not a man. But there's some things about God that if we knew would help us understand a little bit more about ourselves. Does the Bible say anywhere where uh, man was made in the image of God? Well, look again in verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image. So I believe it's the Trinity up there. And he's talking about us being made in an image or an appearance like unto God's. Now, I'm not sure, but uh, maybe there's not that much there. But uh, just stay with me as we follow the line of thought. You notice again in verse 27, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Now, it's a sense that man does not have a good representation in the sense of really showing you what God is like. Because when mankind looks at each other, if we think this is the way God is, uh, God isn't very much. 
I've had people, they look in the mirror and they say, well, if this is the best God could do, he should have put me in charge. So when you look at yourself in the mirror, you're supposed to believe that you are one hunk. I mean, you're made in the image of God. Now, if you read the whole 139th Psalm, it talks about how that God shaped, formed you in your mother's womb. And how his thoughts were about you continually. So he must really love you an awful lot. So maybe you resemble him more than you know. But he made us in his own image. Now I want you to take your Bible and turn to the book of Ezekiel. The book of Ezekiel. The book of Ezekiel is a, a seemingly difficult book. Ezekiel was in the... Uh, captivity there in Babylon under Nebuchadnezzar. So therefore he uh, was in captivity when he wrote and says that he was by the river Cheber and he had this vision, but it was a vision of God. He saw the Lord. Look there in verse 1 of chapter 1. Now it came to pass in the 30th year, in the fourth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river of Cheber, he says, there or that the heavens were open, and you ought to underline, I saw visions of God. Now, if you had that vision, we would probably say you had onions on your hamburgers or something, you know, pizza before you went to bed at night. But he had a vision of God, and he saw things. He saw things. Well, what did he see? Well, though a lot of it we can't figure out what he saw. Some people think it was a flying saucer and um, some chariot of fire. But whatever it was, it was very real to Ezekiel. There are some rabbis that don't even want to deal with this chapter because it says it will drive you mad. This chapter can drive you mad trying to figure it out, what it says. So if you look there in verse 5, in verse 5 he says, And also out of the midst thereof came the likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. Now, wait a minute. Is there a possibility that this was after God made a man, or there's somebody who had the appearance of a man back in time past? And that man was made in the image of something that was already in existence. Interesting. Look what he says in verse 10. And as for the likeness of their faces, they four had the face of a man, face of a lion, face of an ox, and the face of an eagle. So, when did they get these faces? Was it after Adam and Eve, or was it before? Is this a, a reference that can drive you mad, trying to figure out all these things? Because is there a possibility that in heaven there was the appearance of a man? Look what else he says here. I want you to see this in verse 14. And these living creatures ran and returned as the appearance of a flash of lightning. Be able to travel at the speed of light. Isn't that interesting? At the speed of light. That's fast. At least that's what we think is fast. And then he talks about some other things and wheels inside of wheels. And then he talks about how that I, I saw the Lord. Look in verse 26. 
And above the firmament that was over their heads was the appearance of a throne, the lightness of a throne, as the appearance of a sapphire stone. Upon the lightness of the throne was the appearance, and you ought to underline this, as the appearance of a man. Now this is in heaven. This is not a man. This is somebody who has the appearance of a man. This is what Ezekiel says. Now, I'm not saying that because I don't believe it. Uh, a God is not a man. Except whenever he was born into this world and Jesus was a man. But when you begin to look at it and study it, you'll find out in these theophanies where the Lord revealed himself in human form when he came upon the earth and he talked to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and so on, and Moses, that you'll find that, like there's a dual character. I won't say a dual nature, because uh, in these theophanies, there was no sinful nature. You and I have a sinful nature. And then we trust Christ, we have a, a divine nature. But you do have where man and divinity come together. Where it looks like when you study about these angels, it looks like it's a man. Then you read a little bit further. No, 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 it looks, looks like Divinity, it looks like it's got to be God. Well, which one is it? Well, maybe it's a God-man. A God who is revealing himself as a man. When you study in the New Testament about Jesus Christ, here's a man that gives the appearance of being God. But in the Old Testament, see, they would take up on the form of a man or an angel. But in the New Testament, he was born into this world. So even in the Old Testament, the Jewish people should have had some knowledge that it was not odd to think that God ever became a man or the parents of a man because it's right here in their scriptures. But now notice what he says here. Look at verse 28. As the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud of the day of rain... So was the appearance of the brightness round about. Now, when you read in the book of Revelation, uh, you'll also find in chapter 4, when it talks about we are caught up to meet the Lord, and then there's a throne set there in heaven, and then it describes it, and there's these same four creatures all over again. And talk about the rainbow around the throne. So what Ezekiel saw is exactly what John saw when he says he was on the Isle of Patmos. When you read the book of Revelation. And in that same book, it talks about how that in chapter 19, Jesus Christ comes back in power and great glory to the earth. And he is the word of God. He is God. He is king of kings and lord of lords. So he is the man that manifested God the Father. In the Old Testament, we have a manifestation of God, also revealed in a human form. But not because the Bible says that their bodies were, they were born, they took upon the form. And look at the last part of verse 28. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the L-O-R-D. Same phrase that you have here, you have up there, in the likeness of the appearance of a man. But it seems like there is the 
human part and the divine part. And yet it's taught in the Old Testament. Many people never see this or bring it out, but I'll be glad to do that for you. Look in the book of Exodus. Look in Exodus in chapter 6. Exodus in chapter 6. Exodus chapter 6, look there in verse 1. I want you to see where God himself, capital L-O-R-D, stands for Jehovah. But Jehovah in the Old Testament is Jesus in the New Testament. His real name is Yeshua. But that's because Jesus was named that and on the day of his circumcision. So Jesus and Jehovah are exactly the same. But whenever... Jehovah is revealed in a form, it's a theophanies, which means like Christ in the Old Testament. It's Christ manifested in a form as an angel or a man. So he says here in Exodus in chapter 6, look in verse 1. Now the Lord said unto Moses, Now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand shall he let them go. And with a strong hand shall he drive them out of his land. And God said unto Moses, spake unto Moses, and said unto him, I am the L-O-R-D. So we know who's talking. In verse 3, and I appeared unto Abraham. I appeared unto Isaac. And I appeared unto Jacob. Is that what he said? He said, he, God, Jehovah, appeared to these individuals. And he says, but my name, Jehovah, was I not known to them. I was not known by my name. That's why when you get to the New Testament and it tells you the name, because many people, well, even you take the name Jehovah, when there's no you know, vowels and so forth, they don't know how it's pronounced. And they, over the years, they don't really know how this word Jehovah is supposed to sound. But when you go to the New Testament, his name shall be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. His name is Jesus, and Jesus is Jehovah in the Old Testament. So anyways, we're moving right along. I want you to see the last part of it. But my name Jehovah was I not known to them. But what I wanted you to see is that the Lord himself says, I have appeared. I have appeared. Now, take your Bible and turn to the book of Exodus in chapter 17. Exodus chapter 17. You'll know that the Word of God tells us that the people did a lot of complaining, murmured an awful lot, a bunch of complainers. Well, I'm glad we don't do that today. But they murmured and complained all the time. Look there in verse 2. Wherefore the people did chide with Moses, said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore do ye tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water. Well, I don't know why. There's only two and a half million of them out there in the middle of a desert. Evidently they got thirsty. And who do they run to? Moses. Hey, Moses, we're thirsty. How in the world is he supposed to get water? Would you like the problems that Moses had? Bunch of whiners. So in verse 3, And the people thirsted therefore water, and the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast done? 
to bring us up out of Egypt, to kill us and our children. This is why you did what you did. You brought us out here so we would all die. Us, our children, our cattle, with thirst. Verse 4, and Moses cried unto the Lord. Isn't that what you would do? What shall I do unto this people? They be almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people, take with them of the elders of Israel, and the rod, wherewith thou smotest the river, take in thine hand, and go. And behold, I, the I goes up there to the word Lord in verse 5. So we know it's the Lord in the Old Testament, Jehovah himself. Verse 6, Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And the question in the last part of verse 7 was, Is the Lord among us or not? Does God see? Is he among us or not? Boy, they wanted a miracle. And buddy, they got one. But what I want you to see is this L-O-R-D. That's the Lord. That's God Almighty. And he says that I will stand. Now, I want you to take your Bible and turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians and chapter 10. As you read the scriptures here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it says in verse 1, as he warns them, he gives them about five privileges. And there are also uh, some things that would hinder their walk with God in the wilderness. And that was five sins were mentioned. Verse 1, moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Talking about in the Old Testament now, where we were just reading. Were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Did all lead of the same spiritual meat. And did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drink of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was who? This is talking about Christ in the Old Testament. And it's talking about whenever they were to strike the rock and get the water, that was the Lord. You see, in the New Testament, he's telling you, that was Christ. I was there. He said, I'll stand over here, and you're to smite this rock. And he says, the spiritual lesson that you get from this, this, this is Christ in the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, it just simply says, it's the Lord. You see, Jesus Christ was either God or a liar. I can't see as I study the scriptures how a man, if he wanted to deceive the world, could ever write such a book. How could you have figured out all this stuff in advance over a period of 1600 years in different languages? 35 to 40 different writers. And all of it tell the same story and there's continuity to all of it. And you say, well, man just wrote the Bible. You're out of your helmet. Man couldn't write this book. Because it's got so much loaded little jewels all the way through it. So, yes, I believe that in the Old Testament, 
Jesus was there. And that God, this invisible God, had revealed himself at times and appeared to mankind. Go in your Bible to the book of Genesis chapter 18. Genesis and chapter 18. I know it's a lot easier sometimes to just say, let's just study Ephesians 2, 8, 9, 1 John 5, 13, John 3, 16. But there's a lot of other things in the Bible that we're supposed to know. Paul says, I want to declare unto you all the counsel of God. So I will be here and I'll be there and then I'll be over here and then I'll be over there. Because I believe it's all interwoven together. And that the old cannot be understood without the new and the new can't be understood without the old. So you need the, all the scriptures. But here in the book of Genesis in chapter 18, I've mentioned this to you before. If you notice here in verse 1, and the Lord appeared unto him. Remember, he told Moses that he did. He says, I have appeared unto them. And here's the Lord. And yet you'll find as you read down through here, the Lord was in a human form. Because he says in verse 2, he lift up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. Three men. Two of them were angels. One was the Lord. Two of them went on down into Sodom and Gomorrah, and the other one was God. And he ate something. He looked. He had a physical body. Abraham could see him like he saw you and me. He could walk. He could talk. He could reason. And then all of a sudden it seems like this man also has qualities of the divine. You know what he had the nerve to say? He says, your wife, that old lady you're married to, is going to have a young'un. It's going to be a boy. About a year from now. Now, who does he think he is? If he's just a man, how does he know this? But if he's God, I guess he has a right to know, wouldn't he? That woman had a baby. Ninety years old. Abraham was a hundred years old. That baby came right on schedule. I don't think that baby was one minute late. God told Abraham. I can't hide from you what I'm fixing to do down in Sodom and Gomorrah. What he's going to do. I mean, here's a natural, normal man. And he's able to call down fire from heaven and devour Sodom and Gomorrah. Just a man. No, there's elements here. You'll find it all the way through. Well, he looks like a man. Talks like a man. Sounds like a man. But there's also something else that's different about this man. He's like, he's divine. Like he's God. And yet God says, I appeared to him. He was the Lord. Look in Genesis chapter 32. Genesis chapter 32. Genesis chapter 32. And look in verse 24. Jacob had been a bad boy. Well, he had to run for his life. He went down to see Laban and wound up getting two wives. That was a mistake already. 
He worked a long time to get them women. He was after only one. And uh, after it was all over with, he knew, I, I need to get away from this man. So he waited the right moment. He took off. But now he's got to go back to hometown. But he knew that whenever he left, Esau had sworn to kill him. He was a little scared. He didn't want to go back, and he didn't know how to go forward. So anyway, he, uh, he took a nap that night. And in verse 24, And Jacob was left alone. There wrestled a, and you ought to underline this word, a man. There wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And Jacob would let him go and says, until you promise to bless me. Because he knew he had some bad situations coming ahead of him. And he said, I want you to bless me, as in verse 26. Verse 28, he changed his name to Israel. And then in verse 30, he says, and Jacob called the name of the place, Peniel. For, get this, I have seen God face to face. Well, didn't Jehovah tell Moses, I appeared unto Jacob? Then who is this? Well, he looks like a man, but he wasn't a man. He was more than a man. You see, the problem that some people have is when Jesus Christ comes into the world, they can't believe he's God because, well, he's a man. Well, this isn't new. You see, this was done in the Old Testament. This is what we call, like I said, a theophanies. God in the flesh, manifested in the flesh, revealing things supernaturally. Did you know there's a verse in the Bible, in the book of Hebrews, in chapter 13, that says, Be careful, for some have entertained angels unaware. You ever read that verse? Some have entertained angels unaware. You mean they can take on human form? That's what the Bible says. And you would not be aware of it. You have no clue what has happened in your life. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm just trying to make you aware. Because some are not aware. And yet the Bible tells us that these things are true. And it ought to make a difference on how we think about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was the Lord God in the Old Testament. 